Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South? And what's up to you listening wherever you are tonight at WWL.com, the radio.com app. Welcome into the show. Got a big one for you. We're keeping an eye on the Little League World Series semifinals that are happening right now. The boys from River Ridge leading Virginia 1-0 in the semifinals. Top of the fourth inning, two on and one out for Virginia. So a little bit of a jam here for Louisiana. We'll keep an eye on that. Remember, this is a loser-out game. Winner advances to the United States semifinals and into the United States Championship, possibly, if they could win a couple of ones. By the way, big shout-out to Logan Falgu, who had a big opportunity to uh, use my cell phone that I had left in the producer studio, unlocked, and uh, I know that Christian Garrick would have just taken the opportunity to run with that. <laughs> but Logan did not. So, uh, smart man. Logan knows where his bread's buttered. Also, Bobby Aber, can somebody explain to me why there's salt and pepper uh, on my uh, on my host table? Were you guys getting a little salty in here? Was this like a prop? I know, I know, you get a little salty well, sometimes, well, well, Bobby. Salt and pepper. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Who was the salt? Who was the pepper? So wait. I'm guessing uh, you were the salt. So wait, no, Christian had salt and pepper um, in, in front of you right here. Well, I don't know if it was Christian. It could have been here from somebody before Christian, that. Christian likes to. Can you hear me? No, I can't. Um, well, Logan, you got Mark on here. Well, well, well the, the only thing is, uh, Go ahead, Mark. The, the yeah, Chris, Christian likes to put that on his ramen noodles. Is what he oh. does. Yes, he, ramen, ramen noodles, and he was eating the, macaroni and cheese. The ramen doesn't have enough salt. He's got to add a little salt and, so, and some pepper. No, so man, look, admit, look, I will be the first guy macaroni to tell you that this time at night. Sometimes I'm a little hungry, so sometimes I bring some studio, put it uh, back here behind me, so I don't have a problem with that. But the, the salt on the salt on ramen doesn't sound good. Well, the salt on uh, ramen noodles, uh, salt and pepper ramen noodles are macaroni and cheese. Aren't those things salty anyways? Yes. That's what I'm Hello. saying. He, he, he must Hello. have like a sodium enough, deficiency or something. He's got a sodium as it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bobby, before I let you guys get out of here, you guys were you guys are really passionate about this game. I mean, you guys are... Pounding the table, I thought it was going to break yeah, in half here a second ago. You guys are into this, right? Well, how could you not be? I no, mean, I am. Good time, good time. No, the thing is, um, now I don't know what's going to happen, but you know how we acknowledge championships. Yeah. If Louisiana's able now, if my understanding, win this game against Virginia, you play in Hawaii to represent the United States, then you would play the international version. So. Uh, Japan, Curacao, whoever it might be. And then if you truly the world champs. Set, oh, that's crazy. We gotta have a freaking parade. Oh, we will have uh, a parade. Come on. This is this city will it have a parade, be a right? Little league, whatever, you have to acknowledge greatness at any level, whether you're young, middle aged, old, whatever. If you win a championship and you truly the world champ, and that is what the Little League World Series. They got was. out of the jam. They got out. They did. Oh, they so I didn't see what happened behind they, me. Did you see Mark? Uh, yeah, uh, it was just a play at second. They managed to get the force out and, uh, and head, head into the dugout. So, so one nothing four, going to the bottom four, of the fourth. For them, four innings of defense in the books, 
and they have a one nothing lead headed to the plate in the, in the bottom of the fourth. And these aren't nine inning games for anybody who's not familiar six, with six yeah, innings. Call it uh, so, little league baseball. Hey, 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 so you know what's crazy, Seb? Uh, God, you know what I just wish. There's the only thing I wish. To this, from a um, local perspective, I don't know a color you like. Colors are orange and yellow. I mean, I'm like, I don't know. You want black and gold? Louisiana. Yes, yes. Per- oh. <laughs> black and gold, like, a little purple. Like yeah. Black and gold or something. Now, I wonder like, if I'm those are – I'm guessing – this is my guess on that, is each region in the United States has a color that oh, is predetermined. That, that, yeah, and we're in the southwest. So, I mean, you think southwest, do you think orange I do think orange. I do like think de- orange. Like desert? And freaking University of Texas. Orange, like what, burnt orange or something. Like, well, it's not quite burnt orange. It's, but it's, it's still It orange. is a little Oklahoma State orangey, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Oklahoma State, but – uh, Did you guys play Little League Baseball? I played Dixie League Baseball, but not past like 10 years old. Gotcha. Yes, I played Little League. I played whatever the season. Of course. I, and I now we're going to hear we're gonna hear 30 minutes of Bobby Aver, the superstar Little League. The golden no, days. No, I was not a superstar. I played, though, come on, I think a number of people, I think we need to do this in the future, whatever the season. Oh, you got to focus on I'm a tennis player. Or I'm a golfer. Or I'm a footballer. I don't the know. one sport, guys. It's football season. Gals. Play football. It's basketball. You play basketball. Baseball, track, whatever it might be. Just whatever the season, have fun. Everyone is too focused on only doing one sport. I agree. No, I agree. Right, and I've right, talked right. about it a lot because I don't think at this age, at what is this, 12-year-olds, you know, 10, 11, 12-year-old uh, guys and gals out there now, which is really cool because it is guys and gals, uh, boys and girls out there. Have fun. They don't necessarily know the sport that they want to play or try to play for a very long time, like dabble in stuff. I don't necessarily mind it when you get very late high school or into college, but even high school, I thought one of my favorite experiences, and look, admittedly, I wasn't any kind of you know world-class athlete, but I played uh, – Baseball. I played basketball. I played a little football my Whatever freshman season, year. Yeah, right? before it. Yeah, before I got broken in half because I was like 165 pounds and six <laughs> seven then. Uh, so football wasn't my sport, but uh, playing it. But yeah, I just I, I really enjoyed having variety in my well, well, athletic well, uh, career. Said, and uh, I don't know if Mark can take this approach, but the approach uh, that I took, like whatever the season, you know, with uh, your fellow classmates, you just have fun. Yeah. And you have that camaraderie, and you're able to communicate. You learn social skills, and you're playing, and you're competing, and you have fun. I can tell you right now, here I am, Seth, because I always count the holdout year in 1990. I played 15 years of professional football. Basketball is way more fun than football. <laughs> and I'm yeah, just telling yeah. you, as far as like – Well, ba- your son Bo is in the right uh, uh, industry like for Basketball that. Yeah. practice versus football. No, basketball just – a lot of fun. If, well, you, look, if you could just Bobby play said he's level. not going to speak for me. I'm going to speak for myself. Okay. I had no pro aspirations. Every sport I played was for fun. <laughs> if I wasn't having fun, <laughs> there wasn't no point in doing it because uh, it wasn't going to take me anywhere. If you know what I mean. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, I played football. I played uh, basketball. I played a little baseball when I was a kid. But then I switched over to tennis when I was in high school and. And yeah, you just, you you play what's in season, and you and basically you just kind of have fun with your friends. I'm with you. It's it's a it's a very short lifespan that you have in in, in no high school to, to play sports and just just go have fun with it while you can. But 
I will only speak for myself here. Those are the years from an athletic standpoint that I remember the fondest. And I'm talking oh, yeah. about yeah. athletically even when I'm, you know, working in sports every day. You know, I have fonder memories of those. By the way, Christian Garrick apparently listened to the show and talking about the salt and pepper that we found. He says, Hell yeah, that's mine. Mine. It's mine. Next <laughs> <laughs> right here. That's pretty good. So Strong is stuff. Mine? Is he putting it on Roman noodles? Yeah. Uh, ro- macaroni and cheese? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay, Christian, text me back so yeah, I can yeah. actually so what spread the knowledge here. They have or give me a call. We'll put you on. You can put a bunch of pepper. They already have enough sodium. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Christian. Christian can defend himself. I'll give him a, you know, yeah. an open open time here to to defend his dietary habits. Uh, 504 Christian 260 in case you forgot the number. Well, one, 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 one thing, Seth, one minor correction. Okay. I don't believe that they need to win twice after this. I, I, the Louisiana Little League World Series team, I think once you get to the championship, it's one and done. So if uh, Hawaii doesn't have a loss, I don't think it matters. So it's not, it's, not double it's, elimination. It's not, the double elimination is over. So the fact that they lost one already means nothing. The fact that Hawaii is undefeated means nothing. If Louisiana wins this game, they play one game for the United States Championship tomorrow, and I believe it's at 2.30. You guys will be covering that on Sports Talk. I'm sorry. All right, but here we go. I knew this is so Christian Garrick calling in. Uh, Let's see what he says here. The salt and pepper. Christian, uh, was this for macaroni? Was it ramen? Give us us a scoop here, man. Look, this was macaroni, but, yes, I do put it on on ramen noodles, and – I'm a bit of a saltaholic. That's why I have high blood pressure. Don't judge me for uh, for what I put on my food. And the hell yeah was actually meant as in I would have picked Oh, you broke up. You there? I, I, Christian, the, the, all he heard was the hell yeah was for wait. Go back. He said the hell yeah hell was for yeah, what? He is a saltaholic. Oh. No, the hell yeah was for Logan not touching your phone. You said Christian would have taken the opportunity. I certainly would have taken the opportunity. And I'd have been sweetened away at your expense. Absolutely. Christian, I'm trying to save you, bro. Uh, you got enough sodium and Roman noodles and macaroni and cheese. Now you can put the pepper, but you got to lay off the sodium. You got to lay off the salt. Come That's on. smart dietary no, no, advice, no, no, Christian, uh, uh, from Christian, my friend here. I'm just trying to uh, help you out. All right, Bobby. I'll listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you tomorrow. You probably might be covering a championship in the Little League, or Little League U.S. World Series here. I'm trying to run home and catch the last couple of innings. All right, we'll do it because I'll give you an update here. It is two on, nobody out for the River Ridge boys up one nothing. There's a bunt back to the mound, and that will advance the runners and just out at first base. And I mean just out. So runners second and third, one out, and already up one nothing. Thanks, Christian, for uh, straightening right. us out here. Yeah, stay off the sodium, Christian. Okay. <laughs> that was a, that was a very mild like yeah well, okay I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you okay and I'm gonna go do my own thing that's what I would do too. He, now he, he's gonna start salting it in the back and then coming in here so Bobby doesn't see. Yes. That. Also, admittedly, I don't have the greatest dietary habit, especially doing this show. I mean, we were making a bet for my Magnum Red Bull that I'm supposed to drink at like 6 a.m. on Saints game days. I don't know how healthy that is. So, you know, shot inside the inside the own bubble here. All right, guys. Bobby, Mark, thank you. You'll hear them tomorrow on Sports Talk. Remember, Saints training camp in the books for 2019. They'll be talking a lot of Saints as you get ready for that game on Saturday against the New York Jets. We will be talking a lot of Saints as well today as we get you set for that. In fact, got a big lineup for you. At 8.30, Ricardo LeCompte, sports anchor for WWL-TV Channel 4, checks in with us, and then we go to Steve Court, former Saints offensive lineman and co-host on Fans First Take on game days. We go around the NFL inside training camp a couple of times. Jay 
Sir Sicky and Chris Biderman will cover the Bills and 49ers respectively. Let us know what's going on in those camps. Very important year for the Kyle Shanahan era and John Lynch era in San Francisco this year. And then Carter the Bryant, uh, Carter the Bryant, Carter the Power, Carter Bryant swings in at 10-10. We do our daily hit there. And I will probably replay, uh, well, perhaps, depending on what time it is, the, the Tim Brando interview from yesterday, if you missed it, it was fantastic. We might save that tomorrow for our best of interview series that we do on Fridays. Plus, remember, top of the hour, towards the top of the hour, it is our bonehead of the day. Got a good one for you today. 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. And our text line is 870-870. Give me a call. We'll talk some Saints. We'll talk some sports. Whatever you want as the last lap. Get started on WWL. A grand slam for Louisiana. Reese Rousel. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right, but... Reese Rousel, Louisiana, grand slam for the boys from River Ridge, and they lead 5-0 in the bottom of the fourth inning. Getting ever so close to advancing to the United States Championship, which will be tomorrow afternoon. This is incredibly special. Bobby Aver put it very succinctly and very well last segment. We're talking about a world championship possibility here for the kids from New Orleans. Not a state championship, not a national championship, not a North American championship, a world championship possibility. They are a few wins away from that. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Remember who that's as we get ready to talk some Saints with Ricardo LeCompte and then Steve Court. You can kick off football season with the Houdat Nation Rally and Music Fest Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, September 6th, 7th, and September 8th. Good food, great music, big-time family fun. It's going to be at LaSalle Park in Metairie. And here's some of the lineup. Cowboy Mouth, Supercharger, The Producers, New Power Generation, Family Stone, The Top Cats, much more. Plus, a really special Friday night tribute honoring Dr. John, Art Neville, Fats, all the legends that we've lost here recently in the music world. Irma Thomas, Deacon John, Renard Poche, and lots of others are going to perform on that Friday night. You can get your tickets now for the official Houdat Rally and Music Fest presented by Bud Light. On a separate note, if you want to attend one or both of the VIP shows at the Jefferson Performing Arts Center, you can get your tickets now before they're all sold out. That's the Guess Who on Saturday the 7th from 5.30 to 6.45. Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Sunday, September 8th from 4.30 to 5.45. That's at the JPAS Center. Tickets are available there at Ticketmaster.com. And remember, each VIP experience ticket comes with weekend passes to the Houdat Nation Rally and Music Festival Get all the info you need at whodatnationevents.com. That's whodatnationevents.com. So Saints training camp is in the books, and now we are a little over a week away from cutdowns. So we have the game against the Jets that the Saints will play on Saturday. Then next week the Saints will play the final preseason game against the Dolphins on Thursday. And then you go into that weekend cutdown period, and – Unlike previous years, they changed it a few years ago, remember? You don't have the two cutdowns. You just have the one cutdown. So you go from 90, you got to get it down to 53 with the putting players through waivers to try to get them on the practice squad later this weekend also. And I asked Sean Payton earlier today the, the human side of this, and we'll try to play that audio for you in a little bit later this hour, but kind of like most coaches, one of the worst parts of their job, probably the least favorite part of their jobs, is having to tell these men – that, well, they haven't earned a spot on this team. Kind of deal a blow 
to their professional dreams and professional aspirations. It's tough. It's tough. It's the one part of you watch hard knocks that it's hard not to get a little bit, you know, choked up for. Watching those coaches this year will be John Gruden making the cuts. I'm really interested to see how John Gruden handles it. That's for how brash and full of bravado that he can be when he's in front of cameras. I want to know how he handles, again, the human side of this. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll is we await cutdowns. This kind of piggybacks off our conversation yesterday. Which of these receivers is least likely to make the Saints roster? Least likely. Which one of them? Austin Carr, Keith Kirkwood, Emmanuel Butler, and LJ Humphrey. One or two of those guys is not going to make this roster. It's a numbers game. They're not all going to make this roster. So Carr, Kirkwood, Butler, or Humphrey, who's least likely to make the roster? We'll break just 60 seconds for CBS News, and then we're back with Ricardo LeCompte talking Saints football here on WWL. Now the boys from River Ridge trying to add on even more. Well, they have one more run. It's 6-0 Louisiana over Virginia, and it looks like unless something devastating happens that they will advance on to the U.S. championship game at the Little, World, Little League World Series tomorrow. Again, 6-0 right now. Louisiana has runners at second and third with just one out. Reese Rousel earlier in the day, a grand slam home run to open it up for Louisiana. Special stuff. Let's bring on in Ricardo LeCompte of WWL-TV Channel 4. We'll talk some Saints with him. Ricardo, what's going on, man? Nothing much. I'm actually uh, speaking to, as you gave that Little League World Series update. I actually have that on right now, and they just went up seven nothing. So oh. uh, I think everyone, I think everyone in the area is kind of on board the East Bank Little League train right now. Yeah, how could you not be? I was going to ask you. This is, I mean, this is special. We're talking about not a not a national championship, not a state or a, a continental championship, a world championship possibly here. I mean, this is special, Ricardo. Yeah, this is this is really cool stuff, and it's and it's for anybody who's played baseball. This is when you were a kid. This was like the pinnacle. This was the place you wanted to get to was Williamsport, Pennsylvania. When you're around that ten to thirteen, now it's like ten to twelve. Um, and what Louisiana is doing right now, especially in this elimination game against a Virginia team that had two. Uh, back-to-back no-hitters to go 2-0 to advance to this uh, before they lost to Hawaii. Um, this is really impressive what Louisiana is doing, considering they lost their first game. Now they're running through the whole bracket um, and have a chance to go into the U.S. championship with the win here. So it is it is a great story to kind of follow and watch right now. And it's also interesting that, of course, Louisiana is playing in the Southwest or won the Southwest bracket, and they're playing the guys <laughs> from the Southeast. So maybe a little extra motivation to say, oh, wait a second, we're not in the Southeast. What's going on? <laughs> like weird. we should, we should be the southeast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think this is bragging rights for the, the technical southeast. Yeah, another run there. A uh, little ground <laughs> ball uh, force out, but a run scores. So eight nothing Louisiana. Yeah, they're on their way to the U.S. Championship. Ricardo LeCompte of WWL TV with us. Let's talk some Saints cutdowns now, as we're about a week away, a little over that from those initial discussions and heavy getting started over at Saints camp. Start at wide receiver. All the discussion here the last couple of weeks, what happens to Emmanuel Butler? What happens to Austin Carr, Keith Kirkwood, L.J. Humphrey? Ricardo, how do you think this position group is trimmed down? I, I think uh, I think we're going to see, uh, for after, after, of course, Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn, um, I, I, we, of course, we'll see Trey Quan staying on this roster as well, uh, Keith Kirkwood as well, even though he's been kind of banged up these last couple of weeks. And then when we kind of get to the fringy guys there, I think Austin Carr has placed himself back into the uh, into the 53, and, and not only as uh, as wide receiver, but also you can see in special teams as well. Um, he's been kind of in the mix there uh, getting uh, during practices, getting those uh, return 
uh, reps in the in the kicking game as well. Uh, I know Emmanuel Butler, Butler was such a media camp standout, a, a training camp standout at the beginning. Um, but I think just because of that that setback when he got hurt and was able to play in that first preseason game, and we saw what he did in the second preseason game where he had three targets, didn't have a catch, ran one of those throws. Teddy Bridgewater could have delivered it better. He had a chance to, to really have a you know a big hookup there. Uh, in that first quarter, but was unable to get it to him. Um, but I, I think it's one of those where maybe Emmanuel Butler is one of those where they he doesn't make the fifty, he doesn't make the initial fifty-three, but you kind of keep him around and maybe get him on a practice squad, and he doesn't get claimed by another team. Um, I still think that the Saints coaches like the potential of what he's got, so I don't think he makes the initial fifty-three, but I think he kind of sticks around and, and he could be there. And it'll be interesting. I think I think Simi Cobbs will be one where we're going to have to wait till that fourth preseason game what he does. And and again, that may be another guy that he may not make the initial fifty-three, but the Saints will definitely keep an eye on once they go through waivers and and maybe they can stash him on a practice squad too. But pl- there's plenty of good potential guys that the Saints have been looking at that they could keep around. It's just a matter of some of those guys stepping up and, and, and staking claim. And I think we're going to see that from Traquan Smith this year just because it's his second year. I think Austin Carr is going to find a comfort in this and, and, and contribute as well. I think some of those young guys that I just mentioned, they, they'll get a chance, but it'll be one of those where I think the Saints kind of will bring them back practice squad-wise if they can. Yes, if they can, if they, of course, uh, sneak through waivers. But it's the old, I guess, conundrum that these NFL teams have. Austin Carr can help you now on the field. Drew Brees yesterday, we've gone over it here ad nauseum the last 24 hours, how confident and comfortable he is with Austin Carr. Emmanuel Butler's more of a, I don't want to call him a project necessarily, but more of a, a long-term thinking there. So I, it is tough, Ricardo. Like, Are we talking two, three years down the road or now? It seems like everything is pointing towards got to win now, right? Yeah, and, and that's been the whole men- mentality and the makeup of this team where when we were going into training camp, we knew that all these positions that the Saints had were going to be relatively deep. And this was a roster that was built to win a Super Bowl. So what you need, basically you're thinking, if you go in in training camp, you have pretty much your, your two deep a pretty much set. That leaves you with maybe eight, six to ten maybe spots in terms of, of undrafted rookies, your draft class, guys that you bring in off the street, guys that you get from other teams that you invite into the, to make up the 90-year training camp, you have such limited spots uh, to fill with all those guys that you bring in. So really what it, what it comes down to is, okay, which guys can contribute now to this run? Which guys are too good to pass up that we just we need on this team right now? And you're really just kind of, you're in the thinking of the now. You're not necessarily thinking, wow, this is a guy that, man, three, two, three, four, or five years down the road, he could project to be a really good player for us. That's something you would like. But when you have a roster that's ready to win now, you have a roster with a 40-year-old quarterback with a bunch of veterans that are right there ready to go. When, you have a, when you're loaded with a bunch of young superstars as well, the spots just simply aren't there for those guys that you want to develop for three or four years. So it is just very tricky for the Saints to kind of figure out which guys can help us now, which guys we want to kind of keep long-term and, and kind of build. It's a great problem to have, don't get me wrong, but this is what you're going to run into where we're, we're more or less we're looking at, okay, who's going to be the 46 to 53 rather than, man, who's going to be our starting wide receiver? Who's going to be our starting quarterback? Who's going to be our starting DN? And, again, that's a, it's a better problem for the Saints to have trying to figure out those fringe guys 
rather than who their starters are going into the season. Ricardo Lecomte with this, and let's go to defense. Now, actually, you know what? Before we go defense, let's talk returner. Sean Payton kind of hinted today, it's not a done deal that Deontay Harris is on this team. I don't know if that was lip service, and we've heard Sean kind of give us lip service in these situations before. Do you think Marcus Sherrill still has a chance to make this roster if he can get back? He's, he's got to get back, and I think it's one of those where it's you're, you're, you make the team or you get, to, you get to be useful when you're available, and that's just half of what you know, NFL football is. You just have to be available to play. And, and Marcus Sherrill, who wasn't even at practice the last couple of days, um, he's, he's now kind of in danger of losing his job to Deontay Harris. And, and credit to Harris for just taking advantage of the opportunity when he got that start in that first preseason game and he kind of, you know, he, he was making plays in the return game that kind of went, wow, this guy's got a little, little something in that return game that we just haven't seen uh, in, in that part of the team for the last couple of years. Credit him for taking advantage against the Vikings and then taking credit, of, you know, taking advantage of his reps against the Chargers. So as of now, I'm looking at it as Deontay Harris has just played himself onto the 53 and kind of bumped Marcus Sherrill's. And when we kind of got, when we were thinking at the beginning of training camp when they brought Marcus Sherrill's in, it was kind of pretty much, all right, you have a veteran return guy, this guy. And also, you know, he's, he's in quarterback reps, but really you're looking at him as a returner and he's getting these opportunities and you go, well, there's a specialist, there's a guy they signed. And now you're looking at it going, well, Deontay Harris just played him, you know, played himself in. And it's not like it's unprecedented for the Saints to bring a guy in as a return specialist and then at a point. Remember they brought in Brandon Tate last season and he was supposed to be that guy that was going to be the returner and, you know, that they were kind of looking at and they ended up cutting him on, on, on cut day. Uh, it's one of those where, again, when your roster is so limited in spots, if you're going to keep guys in, they better be really good at what they can do in terms of their, in terms of what they can bring, like a specialist or a specialized skill, or they have to be versatile in, in different aspects of the game to help you out. Um, so really, if you go Deontay Harris and Marcus Shells, you've just seen what Deontay Harris has done. You're more comfortable probably maybe moving forward knowing that than going with Marcus Shells. But again, if Marcus Shells plays in the third preseason game, and he gets back on the field, and he shows flashes that he can do it, then it's going to be his job. But right now, Jonathan Harris has wrestled that away. Finally, the other group that we're keeping an eye on, one of them, but probably most squarely an eye on, the cornerback positions. Apple, Crawley, Lattimore, Robinson, Williams. And that doesn't count special teams specialists like uh, Justin Hardy. All those guys making this roster, Licardo? I, I think some of them are. The ones I would be worried about is, is Ken Crawley, um, there are flashes at times where I've seen him make plays, and then it's other times where I've seen him, you know, you go, wow. Uh, it, it, if he doesn't shine on special teams, he's gone. And and that's going to be another one of those where he's going to have to kind of show in these last two preseason games if he is one of, of, of being able to, to stay on this team. And, and the same team, you know, they, they decided not to really cut Ken Raleigh loose, and, you know, they brought him back for – for another year, but it's just one of those where it's like, all right, is he going to make up this roster? My the one position in that cornerback room that that I'm really going to see that also kind of go down to the final day is that is that battle at, at Nickelback with uh, T.J. Williams and Patrick Robinson, and that's been a kind of a back and forth battle in camp. Even though I I think T.J. Williams has the advantage as of now. But it's not like it's such a distance where P. Rob, where where PJ is having is distancing himself from P. Rob. I think that's going to end up going down probably to to right to the opening night, and P. Rob has a chance to really kind of seize that. It's just the coaches are kind of waiting for him to really take advantage of that and, and just kind of take it away from PJ. He just hasn't quite done that yet. 
Um, so that's going to be kind of interesting if he ends up winning that spot, which he did with T-Rob. And if T-Rob, if he kind of sticks around, is that kind of knocks someone else out? And again, it's one of those guys where you're looking at a Justin Hardy, which I think, you know, Hardy's going to make the roster just because he can do things, not only in special teams, but also give you another option of cornerback. But you got other guys that you're kind of, you're at that position and you're like, all right, well, do we want to go with the veteran and T-Rob or do we want to go ahead? keep one of these young guys and again that's going to be one of those things where if T-Rob can show and really compete for this and maybe get edged out by T by T.J. Williams and you kind of like what you see with them then that may knock out somebody else um, but that's an interesting battle that you should watch you know, in these next two games and see who kind of who kind of stakes claim to that he's Ricardo Lecomte sports anchor for WWL TV channel four you can give him a follow on Twitter at R Lecomte TV Ricardo always appreciate it bud all right thanks Seth All right, thanks so much. We're going to take a quick break. We're back. We'll talk some offense and defensive line with Steve Court on the last lap. Let's bring on in former Saints offensive lineman and my partner on game days on Fans First Take, brought to you by the Acadian Windows, Steve Court. Steve, what's going on, bud? Let's do it. Let's do this. All right. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm watching a little Little League World Series, man, and uh, the boys from Louisiana getting it done. Yeah, 9 nothing. They're going to advance. Uh, Steve, I want to focus on offensive and defensive line with you here for the next five minutes or so. Let's go offensive line. I think we talked about this last Sunday. Is this position group pretty easy to handicap, breaking it down, who's going to make this roster? We think it's Easton, uh, Cameron Tom, and Michael Ola, or perhaps somebody else? You mean when you gave me those three as to what? What those? What, well, what? in addition to obviously the starting five as we approach oh, break. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. You know, uh, no, I don't see it that way. Um, and again, that's just my sure. By the yeah, way, Steve. By the way, uh, yeah, I'll just I'll uh, throw in here that also yeah. Zach Streif disagreed with me. So, so please tell me. Well, it's, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I look. I there's. Um, I'm a little disappointed so far just because I um, I thought they'd be a little further along than they are. And, I, look, I know it's a big deal when you, when you lose a center that's sort of um, like Uncle has been there for a you know, couple of years, but it's like a veteran, and you're bringing in a young guy. But, but I really thought that, you know, just uh, that whole line would be a little bit more um, in sync at this juncture. Um, and, and they really haven't. They haven't shown me that, and I just and I don't know. It's there's been some inconsistencies that really sort of bother me, and I don't know what that is. And and again, I know it's preseason, and I know, you know, a lot of things can happen, and you know, guys are you know, working their way through different positions, and and you know, little injuries and nicks and all those types of things. But I just really thought they'd be a little bit further along than they are at this point. But I tell you what, I I as far as the as the other three guys, I usually keep eight. Um, and and we're assuming that 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 five is going to be you know McCoy and Pete and uh, and Larry as well as uh, as Ramchek and and uh, and Tehran. And then we're trying to figure out you know who's going to be that swing tackle, you know. And then and then we're going to try to figure out you know is it going to be a guard and a center or is it going to be you know a guard and a tackle or is it going to be somebody that can really when you get to that juncture you got to be able to sort of do a lot of things. Um, and so the more you can do when you're in, in that sort of those three guys, the better off you are. So I'm not so sure it's going to be. I, I was pretty impressed with uh, – I've always been impressed with Cameron Tom. And, and I think he's um, – um, I can't see them – he's been around for a while for a reason. I, I can't see them get rid of him because he does so many things well. He can play guard. He can play center. He, 
mean, they can put him all over the place, and he can play. Um, and then, and then I really don't know what they're going to do as far as you know. I, I wasn't I'm still sort of waiting for Easton to sort of show me why they, you know, captured him this year and and, uh, and paid him the kind of money they did. I just um, I haven't been as impressed with him as I thought I would be this on early on, but. Um, you know, there's a couple other guys out there that are pretty good. I mean, Marcus Henry, um, I've been watching him since he got there, and I'm just amazed at how, how good of an athlete he is and the kind of feet he has. He's a strong guy. He's he's a little undersized, but but yeah, you know, I've seen a lot of undersized guys play and play well. So that that's not that's not my biggest concern. Um, I think that McCoy has definitely you know stepped into 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 his starting role, and it's that's sort of his job to lose at this point. So. I don't, it's gonna. It's gonna. It's. I, I'm gonna have to see this next game. This next game is gonna make. It's gonna tell a lot because this is kind of the dress rehearsals, uh, Seth, as you know. And, and uh, I really need to see that that offense go out there with that line in this uh, first possession they get. And I don't want to see any pre-snap stuff. I don't want to see, you know, guys that are sort of guessing about what they're supposed to be doing. And, and there's indecision and indecisiveness and those types of things. That stuff needs to be cleared up because you're getting. We're getting to the point now where it's the balloons are going to go up in a couple of weeks, and and that's when it starts. And and you can't you can't afford to have any of that stuff happening. You got to you know you got to run yourself as a as a finely oiled machine at that point. And and I I know we're still working through those things, and I think we'll get there. Um, look, I have all the faith in the world in Rasher. I think he's a terrific coach. You really do. And uh, and he'll get these guys right. As to what guys they're going to pick, I don't know. I don't know if. I don't know if we'll see the, the final iteration in the first couple of weeks. That still may be a uh, sort of a moving target. Uh, Louisiana, by the way, the Little League World Series team, they do advance 10-run shutouts of Virginia. So United States championship game tomorrow at 2.30. Steve Court with this. Let's go to the oh, defensive side. They say, they say uh, Virginia's for lovers, and, and I guess they're not for <laughs> baseball teams. Yeah, and remember, it's in Williamsport, so it's kind of the home right. team there. Uh, well, at there least closer go. anyways. Uh, okay, let's go, Steve, really quickly, the offensive line, only a couple of minutes. Or, excuse me, defensive line, only a couple of minutes here. Yeah. What's your take on that group and is maybe an addendum to that is there a is Trey Hendrickson played himself to a point where he could start over Marcus Davenport? You know he's he's a unique guy. He's got a motor that just won't quit, and he is uh, he looks to me like he's out to prove something. You know, I think he really sort of got set back last year with that you know that injury, and I think he's really sort of out to sort of prove himself again because he was on a great roll. If you remember, he was really on a on a great path to, to really be a double digit sack guy. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, I think they know where where Davenport stands. I think they're, from what I can understand, they're trying to make uh, Hendricks on the other side, but that doesn't mean anything. I think he's sort of a a guy that they're going to bring in there on pass rush situations, and I still would think that they would. I still think he's in their mix. I I don't think – I think he brings too much to the table. I don't think you want to get rid of him yet. Steve Court, we'll be together on Saturday for Saints-Jets. Steve, we'll see you then. I'll see you then, buddy. Okay, there you go. Steve Court, former Saints offensive lineman at Saint 60 on Twitter. We'll take a break. We're back with our bonehead of the day. And really, it's, again, boneheads of the, boneheads of the year for one team in Major League Baseball on the last lap. It's time for our favorite new segment of the day, our sports bonehead of the day. Once again, we go to Major League Baseball like we did yesterday, and this is more of a team award 
We're giving it to the Baltimore Orioles pitchers who in mid-August, with a month and a half left to play in the Major League Baseball season, set a dubious record giving up their 259th home run of the season allowed. That is now a Major League Baseball record. So congratulations to the Baltimore Orioles pitching staff and pitcher Aston Wojciechowski today who gave up that home run. The Baltimore Orioles pitching staff can't get anybody out, and there are boneheads of the day. Two more hours of the show, and right now going live on Facebook, debating wide receiver cutdowns. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.